We thank you for downloading the podcast edition of the Community Baptist Church service for January the 20th of 2008. Our pastor, Dr. Tim Hobbs, continues his sermon series, Life on the Next Level, Generous Living. The scripture passage for this morning's sermon is taken from Proverbs, the 11th chapter, the 25th verse. Our church pianist, Jika Crafton, will be playing an offertory of We Are an Offering, an arrangement by Hay. Please join us prayerfully as we worship God. Oh, 
thank you for the abundant life that you have promised to us, your children. And we thank you for the prospect of living our lives on a higher level than we currently live. We thank you for your word and for those eternal truths that guide us each day. And we thank you especially for your living word, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and for the deep assurance that he is with us here, present today. Teach us in our time together today, O oh God. Teach us to turn to you so that your thoughts may be our thoughts and your ways may be our ways. Teach us to be generous in our hearts and in our hands as we live our lives loving you 
and loving each other. For we pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen. talking this morning about generous living. Um, And I just love it that Jerry is so generous with his hugs. Um, One of the things that people who are my age and when we grew up, we were talking about, when we talk about um, giving to the church, we remember that we were taught that we gave a tithe to the church. A tithe is usually about 10%. It's 
So I got to thinking, what does that mean to give a tithe? To give a tithe of your money, to give a tithe of anything. Ten percent. So let, let me see if I can help with that. Now, if I was in school and I had ten pencils, that's a lot of pencils for me, isn't it? You think you can get through school with ten pencils? No? Well, I think we, I could probably get through school with ten pencils. So if I shared a tenth of my pencils, that would be one pencil. And if I shared one pencil with Maggie and said, okay, here, Maggie, I'm going to share my pencil with you, that leaves me with nine pencils. That leaves me with nine pencils. Do I have enough pencils? I probably do have enough pencils to last me. Even I can share, I might could share another one. I might could share another pencil. And that'd leave me eight. Is that enough pencils for me? Yeah, I still have enough pencils. I, I still have enough pencils. Yeah, now we're getting a little closer. <laughs> now, if I share my toys and I have ten tubs of Play-Doh, that's, that's enough Play-Doh for me, isn't it? I can have fun and, and do what I need to do and be creative and, and do. If I, if I shared one tub of Play-Doh, that gives me nine Play-Doh. I still, I still have nine tubs of Play-Doh. That's still enough for me to, that's still enough for me, isn't it? Yeah, I, I still have enough Play-Doh. I, I might could even share two tubs of Play-Doh. And I still have eight, and that's still plenty for me, right? I can, I can still do that. Well, then I'm thinking food, candy, the source of life. And if I have ten things of candy, if I have ten things of food in my house, and I shared one thing of candy, I still have nine things, and that's still plenty for me, right? Even if I shared one more thing, even if I shared one more thing, good catch. I still have eight, and that's still plenty of food for me, right? Okay. So I can, I can still share and have plenty for me. Okay, here's a big one. Here's a big one. My money. My money. I have ten $1 bills is here. Now, if, if I shared a dollar... I still have $9. And that's still plenty enough for me, isn't it? Is that still plenty enough for me? See, I, I could probably even share another dollar. And I still have eight. <laughs> Sorry, guys, you have to share your own dollars. I still have $8. That's, that's still plenty enough for me, isn't it? So I'm thinking, you know, the sharing thing is a good thing. Because when we share our stuff, we still have 
plenty enough for us. And you guys get to have extra stuff. That, you're going to give that to your mom? What a great idea. Because I bet your mom needs a pencil. So when we share our stuff and we be generous about sharing our stuff, then there's always plenty left over for us when you start looking at it. See, you've got some cards, and if you share those cards, there'll still be plenty left over for us. So here's the deal. When you share, there's always plenty left over for you. And at the end, I'm keeping my money. Sorry, guys. That, that, that does not get distributed. But if you meet me at that table over there at the end of church... I will share the rest of my candy. All right? And I might even share the rest of my pencils and Play-Doh. But, but you're going to have to meet me right over there at that table after the worship service. Okay? All right. Let's pray together. God, we are so grateful that you have given us enough to share with each other. That we can share and still have enough for ourselves left over. And that other people can have enough too. God, thank you for teaching us that. For loving us a lot. And God, we love you too. Amen. All right. You can go back to your seat. Back in youth stuff and children's stuff, we've had something we've done for many, many years, 20 or 30 years, called a spontaneous melodrama. And we're going to have one this morning. And everyone here will have a part in something. Now, you as a congregation or audience, or if you're in here in the building or choir or wherever, you're considered to be in the court of the king. So anytime I say something the court of the king does, that's what you do. And we can stop and fix it, and direct, I can sort of direct it like a drama if we need to do that as we're going. But uh, we're going to be doing a story that's as from the Bible, but not like you've ever heard it before. And so we're going to have people in our Act 1 kids or grades 4, 5, and 6 who are, are Wednesday night folks who work on these kind of things are going to help us a little bit on that today, but then you've got a part two. So just, you know, just be relaxed a little bit. This is not a great dramatic reading. But it says a spontaneous melodrama. Okay, I'll, and I'll give you your lines, and you just follow the lines. You have nothing to read. You just have to listen. Okay? Can y'all try to knock your head? Yes, I can do that. All right, good. Okay, here we go. Once there was a king who had loaned millions of dollars to a lot of people. One day the king said, I've been waiting a long time for my subjects to pay me back. I'm going to collect my money. Those in the king's court exclaimed, Oh, no. One dude was brought to him that owed him $100,000. Bring the dude in. Those in the king's court said, Big bucks. The dude couldn't pay up, so the king ordered that everything the man had was to be auctioned. The king said, I'm going to sell everything you have. Those in the king's court nodded their heads and said, serves him right. The dude threw himself at the king's feet. 
I'll try that again. That wasn't really. I mean, give it. Threw himself at the king's feet. That's okay. And cried, please give me a break, your highness. And cried, please give me a break, your highness. I'll pay it back. Those in the king's court said, well, bless his heart. The king felt sorry for the dude and said, okay, I'm going to erase your debt from my records. Those in the king's court said, wow, I hope I'm next. When the dude went out of the room, he ran into someone he knew that owed him ten bucks. He grabbed her by the throat. He violently grabbed her by the throat and said, I want my ten bucks. I want my ten bucks. And then he threw her down on the floor. The friend said, if you give me a chance, I'll pay you back soon. The dude refused and had the friend arrested and taken off to jail. Those who had just seen what had happened could not believe it and said, we're going to tell the king. So they did. The king called the dude back in the court and said, get back in here, chump. I can't believe you treated that person the way you just did. That was cold. The king told the dude to pay back every cent of the $100,000. Those in the king's court said, way to go, king. And then he was taken off to jail. Do we pass on the blessings that our heavenly king has given us? Or do we act like the dude in the king's court? Those in the king's court said, "Uh uh-oh. Oh, no. And amen.
ask that you open our eyes so that we can see how richly blessed our lives are. With you, we have everything. Without you, we have nothing. We ask that you bless the tithes and offerings that we give, just a portion of what we have, back to you. this series called Life on the Next Level, and we started last week talking about the foundation of our lives as we talked about biblical faith. One of the things that we talked about was this one-year Bible challenge, and I'm so proud that a lot of you have taken that challenge and have made the commitment to read the Bible through in this year of 2008. Uh, And it seems to be generating a lot of excitement among those people that are participating and We've been reading our Bible through together and building our foundation of faith. But today we're going to take a look at a second area of our lives as we're talking about living a generous life. And as you will see, that has to do with our finances, but also much, much more than that. And then next week we're going to talk about our relationships. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about our freedom as we look at our lives and consider the kind of abundant life that God wants us to have. You remember what Jesus said? He said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And I believe that if we're going to have this abundant life that Jesus wants for us, then we need to get our financial lives in order. 
Because financial issues often get in the way of a fulfilled life. And so we need to understand the material management of our lives from God's perspective and not necessarily our own. Because the bottom line is that the management of your life is going to be determined by one of two philosophies. You are either going to manage your life by a philosophy of greed, which says, mine, 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 more, more, more. Or you are going to manage your life by a philosophy of generosity, which says, give, 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 yours, yours, yours. I think I used this illustration a few months ago. But I think it's worthwhile repeating today. You may remember a movie back in the 1980s, Wall Street. It's called Wall Street. In this movie, Michael Douglas plays the ruthless stockbroker named Gordon Gecko. And in one scene, he is delivering a speech to the stockholders meeting of the Teldar Paper Company, which he has just taken over. And he's about to save this company put that in quotation marks, by downsizing it. But as he addresses the crowd, this is what he says. He says, greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies. Greed cuts through and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms has marked the upward surge of mankind, and greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar Paper Company, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the United States of America. The irony here is that Gecko, who was supposed to be the villain in this movie, became the role model for so many young men and women entering into the world of investments. But I'm here to tell you today that contrary to what he said in that speech, greed is not good. And I believe that if we are going to live our lives on the next level like Jesus wants us to do, then we are the ones who are going to have to change our lives in such a way that we will no longer be defined by greed But instead, we will be defined by generosity, not so much by what we get, but by what we give. Now, I want us to think about greed versus generosity for just a moment today. Greed is a life draining option, whereas generosity is a life giving option. Greed is a win-lose proposition, but generosity is a win-win proposition. Greed makes us paranoid. Who's out to get us and who's out to get what is mine? But generosity makes us great inside. Greed is ultimately dehydrating and draining, whereas generosity is refreshing Greed always leaves us feeling dissatisfied with what we have. But with generosity, we can always live a full, satisfied, abundant life on the next level. And so it's no wonder that the writer of Proverbs talks about the issue of generosity. Timmy, can you put our scripture up on the screen? 
There we have it. There we, we got it there? Yes, there it is. Proverbs 11.25. Let's read that together. The generous will prosper and are satisfied. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Folks, what if today, right here and right now, we started a generosity revolution? What if we say enough is enough and we're going to change our society? We're going to turn this thing around and we're no longer going to be defined by our greed, but instead we're going to live our lives in such a generous way that the world's going to stand up and take notice. I believe we can make that decision today. Because you see, our God is a giving God. The most famous verse in all of the Bible says, for God so loved the world that God what? God gave. And I believe that God's ultimate goal for our life is to be like God's Son, Jesus Christ. And what did Jesus do? He gave. He gave His very life on a cross. And, and so if, if we are to be like God, if we are to be like Jesus then we too need to learn how to give. And there are four different areas of generosity I want to talk about this morning. And the first one is our time. Be generous with our time. You know, it's been said that your time is your life. And that's true, isn't it? Your time is your life. So if you want to be generous with your life, then you're going to have to be generous with your time. And the one thing that the rich and the poor all have in common is what? We all get the exact same amount of time every day. Every single one of us get 24 hours a day. And God gives us the freedom to choose how we're going to use that time. Now, in using our time, it's, it, for most of us, the issue is not the choice between what is good and what is bad, because most of us are not, are not even thinking about going out to rob a bank or anything like that. At least I hope not. Uh, for most of us, when we think about our time, the choice is between what is good and what is best. Because you see, there are a lot of good things that we could be doing with our time out there. But well, we have to ask ourselves, what is the best use of our time? And if we learn how to ask ourselves this question on a regular basis, then I think we can learn how to be generous with our time. But we have to learn how to do this because this is not something that, that comes naturally. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 90, verse 12, teach us to make the most of our time so that we may grow in wisdom. So you see, it's the wise person that doesn't squander their time. And it's the wise person who doesn't use their time on something less than what is the best. And it's the wise person who says, what is the best use of my time? Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. I, I was looking over the list of People that our nominating committee came up with uh, back a couple of months ago, people who are serving in various capacities here in our church. And as I was looking 
over that list, looking at the names there, there were people who sing in our choir. There are people who lead Bible study groups. There are people who serve in our kitchen and on various ministry teams that we have. And as I looked over their names, I realized that most of them are very busy people. They have a lot to do. But somehow these folks have said, you know, this is the best use of my time. There's a lot of other stuff that I could be doing, but this is the best use of my time. So I want to take this opportunity this morning to commend you for being so generous with your time. Because you see, when we are generous with our time, we are deciding to use our time to do something for God. And when we do that, our time is never wasted. So generous living starts with being generous with our time. Then secondly... We need to be generous with our talent. It is to say, God, as I decide to use my time, I'm now going to put my talents and my abilities and my skills and my aptitudes to work in this area. I'm going to be generous with you, with my talents. Again, the issue is not saying that these are my talents. It's not mine, 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 something to be protected and used only for ourselves, but it's generous living. These are your talents, God. These are things that you have blessed me with, and I want to give them back to you. I want to serve you and to serve others with my talents. It's been said that you make a living by what you get, but you make a life. By what you give. And I believe that that is certainly true in this area of our talents. So the question is, what are you going to do with what you've got? In Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says, God made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works. And so here's the question. Am I using my talents to worship God? Now, that may sound a a bit spiritual, but what I mean by that is, are we using our talents to serve God and to serve other people? Because, folks, when we are serving God and when we're serving other people, that is worship. That's true worship. Folks, worship is not just about singing songs or what we do here on, on Sunday mornings. And that's certainly a part of it. But worship is something that God wants us to do with all of our lives. And so when we use our talents and our abilities to serve other people and to serve God, then we are worshiping God. So how can we be generous with our talents? Well, I don't think we have to look very far to to get that answer. When I came in here this morning, there were folks already here serving God and serving others. Some of them were using their talents. Some of them have the gift of hospitality, and they were here offering a warm greeting as we walked in from that cold outside. Others have the gift of organizational skills, and they're back there right now doing financial work, counting the money and making deposits, preparing deposits. And, and some have the gift of teaching, and they've, been, they've spent time preparing and leading our Bible study groups this morning. 
Some are skilled with the hammer and the saw, and they use the, their abilities to fix things around here at the church, set up things like, like our projection system here. And, and, and they'll put those talents to work this summer when we help to build a habitat house here in Henderson. These, as well as many others, want to serve God and to serve others, and so they are generous with their talents. And there are all kinds of ways that you, too, can be generous with your talents. Maybe you can sing or play an instrument. You can join our our choir or our praise band. Maybe you're technologically savvy and you can help with our sound or our audio visuals. Whatever. Whatever your talent is, we can put it to use. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says a spiritual gift is given to each of us for the common good. In other words, as a means of helping the entire church. So the question is, how are you using your talents to worship God and to serve others? Now, if you've been around here for very long, you know what I tell every single person who joins our church, don't you? You know what I say. You remember? Every member is a minister. You know why I say that? I say that because I believe it. We are not called to sit in the pew. We are called to serve. We are called to use our talents to further God's kingdom. And really, that's what the word minister means. It means to serve. And I believe that if we're going to live our lives on the next level, the abundant, fulfilled, godly life that God wants us to live, then we're going to have to use our talents to serve. And when we do that, we're worshiping God. The third area that we need to be generous with is our money. In other words, we need to be asking ourselves, am I honoring God with my finances? Now, certainly a a large part of this honoring God with our finances is what we give, because God, for whatever reason, has determined that those who follow God should give back a portion of what they earn. And sometimes we call this a tithe. That's what Mary was talking about a few moments ago. And I don't know why God orchestrated it this way. God can do whatever God wants to do, but that's what God has said. God has said that one way we can honor the Lord is by giving back a portion of what we have received. Now, for the most part, I believe that the people of our church are generous givers. Otherwise, we would not be able to do all that we do in the way of ministry through our church. And some of you are tithers already, giving 10% of all you earn to the Lord. This is what God has requested from us. But for some, that idea of tithing may be foreign and may be a little bit scary. Well, maybe we need to wade into this a little bit and see how God blesses us. Remember the scripture that we read earlier? The generous will prosper and are satisfied. And those who refresh will themselves be refreshed. Maybe we need to make a commitment today to give a certain percentage of your income to God's work and commit yourself 
to increase that amount every year until you're giving at least the 10 percent that the Bible prescribes. Now, some of you are already giving 10 percent and more. That 10 percent, that's the tithe that Mary was talking about a little bit a little while ago. One pencil out of 10, one piece of candy out of 10, one thing of Play-Doh out of 10. That's the 10 percent. But then others may be called to give the other pencil or the other piece of candy or the other uh, thing of Play-Doh. That's giving sacrificially. And think often about the various ministries that we provide here at Community Baptist Church. And I'm amazed. I'll be honest with you. I'm amazed at how much we can do with so little. Folks, when you hear people say you can't squeeze blood from a turnip, don't you believe it? Because I've seen it happen. I've seen the amazing things that we can accomplish in this church with very little. But I also think a lot about the level of ministry that we could provide if we were not under this heavy debt load for paying for this building, mainly. It's a good thing that this building is here and it's a good thing that it's used so often and it's 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 a good thing it's used so well because... For God's ministry, because this is the greatest financial asset that we have, but it's also a financial burden. Because we have to pay for this thing every month. And so, in the spirit of sacrificial giving, like Mary was talking about a minute ago, if anybody has an extra $800,000 or so laying around, and you feel compelled to sacrificial giving, we can take care of this real right now. I imagine our accounting committee could handle this today. And when we do that, we will see the level of and our level of outreach increase in this community community exponentially. Folks, I don't know how and I don't know when, but I would like for that to be a major goal of our church to sacrificially give so that we can get this building paid off and get on with the ministry that we're called to do here in this community. Increase the level of ministry here that we're able to provide. And that's the third area of our lives that we're called to be generous in. To be generous with our money. And finally, one more thing. There's one more area I want to talk about today, and that is that we should be generous with our witness, our testimony. Obviously, when we hear the word testimony or witness, we... We primarily think about telling other people about our faith relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And and that's certainly a part of a testimony. Having a testimony with your lips and telling people about your faith. There's also a testimony of our lives. You see, I believe that words can only take you so far. Words are very important and we need to testify with our with our mouths. But but we and, and we need to share that testimony, but we also need to share it with our lives. My friends, God has been so generous to us. And if we've experienced that generosity of God, then we need to share that generosity with others. If you have experienced spiritual growth in our church, then you, you need to tell other people 
about our church. You need to get the word out. If you found a relationship with God, then don't be shy in saying so. Look at a verse of, uh, verse of scripture that Paul, that Jesus said to Paul just after uh, Paul had his vision of Christ and, um, and became a Christian. In Acts 26, 16, Jesus said to Paul, I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and my witness. You are to tell the world about this experience. Folks, that's what a testimony is. It's telling others what you have experienced. And so here's the question that goes with this area today. Am I showing my faith with my life? And am I sharing my faith with my lips? Because, my friends, your testimony is your actions plus your words. All right, I'm going to take a poll here today. How many of you have had a positive experience here at Community Baptist Church? Okay. Folks, I think that Community Baptist Church is the best kept secret in town. But the problem is, it shouldn't be a secret. Get out there and tell folks. We have a great church here. We have a church that won't beat you up because you're doing this or not doing that. We've got a church that you can go to even when your life is not all together. We've got a church who will love you warts and all. And there are a lot of people out there who don't know where they can go and be accepted no matter what. Well, folks, it's your job. To tell them. You know why folks come to a church for the first time? Statistics show that it's not because of the wonderful sermons and the terrific pastor that a particular church has. And I know that's hard for you to believe. But it's not. People come to church mostly because someone that they know has invited them to come. It is being generous with your testimony. You've had a wonderful experience with God? Then share it with others. You've had a wonderful experience at church? Then share it with others. Be generous with your testimony. And all of this leads to living a generous life. And I believe that living a generous life in all of these areas has the potential to change our world. It's what God has created us to do. It is the foundation for our fulfillment. It's the source of our satisfaction. And so I want us to take just a moment and look back at what we've been talking about today. We've been talking about our time and our talents and our, our, our finances and our, our witness. So I want you to ask yourself a question today. What baby step or what big step can you take in each of these four areas today to improve your life in Christ?
That first week when we began this series, I made the point that to live life on the next level will cost us something. You remember that contrast between the Atari and the PlayStation? You know, you remember that? To get the higher quality, you've got to pay the higher price. And in the same way, to get to the next level, we have to make a stronger commitment to living life like Jesus. And a part of that is living a generous life. And, generous, and generosity starts with action. So what step can you take beginning today in all of these areas to make you more committed to Christ? Make a decision that you're going to do something this week to live a generous life. Think about it a moment. And what would it look like if everybody in our church lived by this philosophy of generosity, giving our time and our talent and our financial resources and our witness, freely giving to God and to others. If everybody in our church did that, I believe that our significance would go way up and our influence would would extend way out and our spiritual growth would just about explode right here in our church. It is amazing what God can do if we allow it. And therefore, here is my prayer for all today. It is taken from the little book of Philemon. And it says this. You are generous because of your faith. And I am praying that you will put your generosity to work. For in doing so, you will come to an understanding of all the good things that we can do for Christ. Let us commit together today to live generous lives on the next level for Jesus. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to... Respond in some way to the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life as we sing together number 275, I Surrender All. And that's, that's what, what God is calling for us. That's what this, all this about generous living is all about. It's about us giving our time and our talents and our resources, our financial resources and our testimony to God so that they may be used by God, our whole lives to God. So that we, they may be used by God. And the reason we do this is because we're grateful people. We're thankful for the blessings that God has given to us. And so we're just giving some back. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus and follow Christ. This whole thing is about being more and more like Jesus. Maybe someone here today needs to make that commitment today saying... I want to follow Christ. I want to live life on the next level. I want to be like Jesus. And I'm committing my life to do that today. Maybe you're looking for a church home to be a part of. Maybe you haven't felt comfortable anywhere else and you found a home. We are a great church here, folks. We're not perfect. No, nobody is. But we're a great church.
we invite you to come and unite with our church today. If there's anything that God is dealing in your heart with today, we invite you to come as we sing together. I surrender all. Thank you.